Welcome to SMT Pod, the premier audio publication of the Society for Music Theory. In this week's episode, Frank Nalrat and Matt Ferrandino analyze three tracks from Tool's 1996 album Anima that exhibit tonal polymodality, which is the use of simultaneous or juxtaposed modes that share the same tonal pitch center. I'm Frank Narat, And I'm Matt Ferrandino. Today, we'll be discussing tonal polymodality in the music of the metal band Tool. Tonal polymodality describes music that has a clear tonic and which stacks multiple modes with the same tonic and moves between two or more modes over the course of a piece. When we say tonal, we are referring to the fact that Tool's music has a clear pitch center, a tonic, but it's not functionally tonal. Now, when we're talking about modes, we're referring specifically to modern diatonic modes. We'll split these into two categories, major modes and minor modes. Major modes having a major third above tonic and include the modes Ionian, Lydian, and Mixolydian. Minor modes have a minor third above tonic and include Aeolian, Dorian, and Phrygian. There are numerous examples beyond Tool in popular music that use these modes. For example, Waterfalls by TLC makes use of the Mixolydian mode. Frank, can you give us a quick playthrough of a Mixolydian scale? So, mostly major sounding, but with a lowered scale degree 7. Another example, Oye Como Va by Santana, uses a Dorian mode. Frank, can you play us a Dorian scale? Another example is Voodoo by the band Godsmack, which makes use of a Phrygian scale. And again, Frank, can you play us one of those? Cool. So that's what we're talking about with modes in this context. The polymodal part is worth unpacking at this point, just for some clarification. You may have encountered the term, particularly with Bartok's music, talking about polymodal chromaticism. Jose Oliveira Martins talks about this in Bartok's music, where he's using layered scales or layered modes, but there isn't a pitch center as a common element between the modes being used. For Bartok, there is a goal of chromatic saturation rather than a more centered use of different scales and different modes. Yeah, and tonal polymodality, it's not a new phenomenon. It's present in a lot of, if not most, blues music. For example, in the song Blues Before Sunrise by Elmore James. Uh, all the chords here are major chords or dominant seventh chords in the key of D major. But the singer and all of the improvised guitar solos generally stick to the D minor pentatonic scale, resulting in a clash between F sharp in the accompaniment, but an F natural in the voice and improvised parts. Let's listen to some of that too. This also happens in Tool's music when chords and melody are built on different modes, as in the blues song we just listened to. But because of the riff-based nature of Tool's music, the interaction between the various modes can be also contrapuntal. I want to talk about how we came to this topic. 
Maybe four or five years ago, I think I was just bored and decided I was going to learn some of these songs by Tool from the album Anima, which is you know, my favorite album of theirs. It's their best selling and it sold 4 million copies so far. And it was released in 1996, correct? Yeah, 96. So it's a widely listened to piece of music. I sat down and I tried learning some of the riffs. I was learning these riffs and even transcribing some of them, transcribing some of the vocal melodies. And I noticed that some of the riffs would be in like Aeolian or Dorian or Phrygian in one section. And then in the next section, they'd be using a new mode, but kind of staying with the same tonic. I noticed sometimes, too, that the bass would be in one mode and the guitar would be playing in another mode at the same time, or or the same thing would be happening between the guitar and the vocals. Different modes happening across time or at the same time across parts or even in the same parts. So that's how I was like, okay, maybe there's a paper here. It was really just me learning some music that I had always loved and finally learning how to play it on my guitar and bass and then finding out something really cool that that I think is worth analysis. Right. Now, Frank, you're a composer and your dissertation actually unintentionally utilizes some of this tonal polymodality, correct? Yeah. Um, So I swear it was not on purpose. I wasn't trying to emulate Tool, but sort of it's bound to happen when you write music, right? Uh, The music you create is a sort of synthesis of all the music you've heard. So in my case, uh, some Tool is is just going to come out. Right. So this is interesting that Frank didn't even realize this uh, really until we started doing these analyses um, in more detail and sort of structuring them and putting them together. So can we actually just start off by listening to an excerpt from Don Henry, your opera? Yeah, so what we're about to hear is just the very beginning of a track. Let's listen to it and then we'll explain what's going on. So in this excerpt, the overall tonic is A, but the bass is playing sometimes in Aeolian, sometimes though it's playing in A Phrygian. So the difference between Aeolian and Phrygian is that Phrygian has a flat two scale degree, so the first three notes would be A, B flat, and C, and in A Aeolian you have A, B natural, and C. So it moves between those two modes. Sometimes the the guitar clashes because the guitar is consistently in a aeolian so the guitar will be playing consistent b naturals while the bass will sometimes play a b flat so that clash there is an example of tonal polymodality which i accidentally stole from tool you know don't sue me and that phrygian aspect occurs at the end of the bass riff in your excerpt right so maybe we can just uh listen to that really quick uh the bass ostinato one more time yeah, and I can just, I'll play it on my guitar really quick. Um, there are times where the B flat and B are, are really close in proximity, but because of the range difference between the bass and the guitar, that separation and the separation over time, it doesn't sound crunchy. Um, so here's what the bass part sounds like. And, and then here's what the guitar part sounds like. In this particular example from Frank's piece, we are hearing simultaneous different modes. Another way that tonal polymodality can occur is to juxtapose different modes, moving from one mode to another over the course of a section, but retaining the same pitch center. 
Yeah, and uh, to orient our ears to this phenomena, to juxtapose modes, let's listen to Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. In this excerpt, the opening horns and chords are in E-flat Aeolian, which then shifts to E-flat Mixolydian when the verse begins. Before we talk about tonal polymodality in tools music, it's worth mentioning that there's really not a lot of tool scholarship out there. Kevin Osborne and Brad Osborne take a look at the album Anima from a production angle, looking at how the album was produced, how it was recorded, what equipment and processes and techniques were used, but they don't really focus too much on the compositional components of the track. Recent metal scholarship in general tends to focus more on rhythm, Olivia Lucas's work on the band Meshuggah in particular. From a broader cultural perspective, Laurie Burns has looked at aspects of agency and performance in heavy metal music videos. With regards to pitch, Ciro Scoto has presented a method of analyzing riffs in metal music using pitch class set analysis. Our approach considers riffs and melodies in tools music in the context of combining different modes that share the same pitch center. Yeah, yeah. So now that we've given you this sort of broad overview of what tonal polymodality is, I think it's time we listen to some Tool. Let's do it. The first song we're going to be discussing from Tool is called H. And again, all these tracks are from Tool's album Anima. Let's discuss the first method of using tonal polymodality, which is juxtaposed modes. And with this method, it's quite simple. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's simply one mode, then another, where the tonic stays the same. The main thing here is that you're having one mode followed by another, either between parts or within the same part. For this song, the tonic is D, and let's just listen to the first excerpt we're going to be dealing with and see if we can hear the change of modes between the initial guitar riff and the voice and guitar parts that follow. So that pre-verse guitar riff is centered on D, but it includes a B natural. Let's listen to that isolated guitar part. So with a D tonic that includes B natural and a minor third above the tonic, that's D Dorian. When the vocalist enters, the guitar part changes mode and plays some B-flat ornaments while the vocalist sings B-flats. With those B-flat ornaments, you're going to hear... That changes us to D-Aeolian. 
So now we have a B flat instead of B natural. So we're moving from D Dorian from D Aeolian. This is an example of tonal polymodality with juxtaposed modes. Can we listen to the riff in context one more time? Yeah, let's listen one more time. Next, let's listen to the pre-chorus, where we get a guitar riff that's basically in D Aeolian. Let's start with the isolated guitar riff. So here's our method for labeling modes when we only have four or five notes, an incomplete collection to work with. We look for either a major or minor third above tonic to determine the quality of the mode. Then we will look for characteristic tones. For example, a raised sixth scale degree in a minor mode would be Dorian. And if there are no characteristic tones, we will default to a major or minor Ionian or Aeolian label. Right, so we're calling the guitar riff we just listened to D Aeolian in this case. Returning to the pre-chorus, something interesting happens when the vocals come in. The singer actually sings some C sharps on top of this D Aeolian riff. While this isn't necessarily a different mode, he does do a similar technique by adding the C sharp in, which could be heard as the leading tone to D. So let's give a listen to the excerpt now. So here we're hearing very clear juxtaposed modes, different modes happening between sections. Now let's talk about the chorus of this song. In the first chorus, the bass and guitar perform in 2T with the vocalist and all of the pitches fit within a D minor pentatonic scale, which fits into the Aeolian scale. So let's listen to the first chorus. What's really cool, and perhaps, to me at least, the coolest thing that happens in this song is the fact that the final chorus of the track, the vocal melody, gets repeated, as we just heard, but with a Phrygian reharmonization. Instead of playing in unison with the vocalist, the bass and guitar now perform a rising pattern um, through the first four power chords of the D Phrygian scale. And we just heard the chorus, so let's listen to the isolated guitar from the last chorus. So this, what we're going to be hearing now, is that Phrygian reharmonization.
so we hear that Phrygian lowered scale degree two pretty clearly in the isolated riff. Can we listen to it now layered with the original vocal melody from the first chorus? Yeah, absolutely. The three excerpts we just listened to from the track H all had kind of different uses of juxtaposed modes, all with more or less the same tonic center, or the pitch center staying on D. And it stays pretty much on D the entire track, right? Yeah. Let's move on to another track, Stink Fist. Similar to H, this track also utilizes some instances of juxtaposed tonal polymodality. In particular, we get some juxtaposed modes within a guitar riff now. This occurs later on in the middle of the bridge section, so let's listen to that first. So now let's listen to the isolated guitar part from the part of the bridge that we just listened to. The tonic of this track is E, and what you're going to be hearing is parallel ninth chords that have root, fifth, and major ninth, so no thirds. You're going to be hearing C9, followed by D9, and ending on B9. That C chord that we hear has a C in it, and then the last chord we hear, the B9, has a C sharp in it. In this instance of juxtaposed modes, we're getting the characteristic sixth scale degree of both the Aeolian and Dorian modes, natural sixth and raised sixth, respectively. We wanted to share this example because it uses juxtaposed modes in a chord progression rather than in riffs. So let's listen to that isolated guitar part. So at the end there, those arpeggios were though uh, the, the C9, the D9, and the B9. We've heard several examples of juxtaposed modes in Tool's music, but there are also instances where modes occur simultaneously. This is essentially something that happens when, instead of moving from one mode to another, we're getting two modes happening in two different voices at the same time. So for example, the guitar is playing in one mode, and the vocals are singing in a different mode at the same time within the same section, but they share the same pitch center still. So let's listen to an example of this from the chorus guitar riff, followed by the vocals that come in on top of the chorus. As we listen, see if you can identify the modes being employed by the different instruments. Note that both share an E center, and we'll start by listening to the chorus riff isolated from the context. You may have noticed that there's a half-step, or flattened scale degree 2, above that tonic E. This makes it Phrygian, since we also get a minor third above E, G natural. It's primarily minor, with a flat 2, so we're in Phrygian. Frank, can you play the riff a little more slowly to emphasize where that F occurs? Yeah, and I'll, I'll turn off the distortion as well so you can hear it a little bit better.
So right there at the end is where you get that F ornamentation. And you know, it's brief, but you're, you're still getting an F natural, and that's very indicative of the Phrygian mode. That's one of those characteristic tones, that flat two. If you're writing music and you want to sound like you're in the Phrygian mode, you gotta do that. Now let's listen to the chorus excerpt and see if you can identify what mode the vocals are in. So the vocal line, particularly on the lyrics, We Belong Together, has a pretty clear F sharp in it. We're still in the minor mode, but we get an F natural at the end of the guitar riff, making it E Phrygian, while simultaneously the vocals sing in E Aeolian, with that natural scale degree to F sharp. So now, can we talk a little bit about the, the spiciest part of the song, the pre-chorus? Yeah, the pre-chorus is fun. So we're going to listen to the excerpt from the track, and we'll unpack it a little bit, and we'll kind of guide you through the listening. But we're going to ask you to do some work here as well. Particularly, we're going to be listening for what two modes are being used simultaneously. And again, this is going to be between the instruments, the guitar and bass riffs, against the vocals. So we're isolating them that way. Let's listen to the excerpt for context first. Since we're going to separate this out into guitars versus vocals, let's listen to the isolated guitar riff on its own and see if we can identify the mode. We don't get a lot of pitches here, but we get enough to make a pretty good assumption of what the mode is. It's primarily minor, we get that minor third above E pretty clearly, and really we don't get many other characteristic tones, right? Yeah, and you know, what you're getting is an E power chord and a G major triad. The overall harmony is really just an E minor seven chord, and then you get that lowered seventh back up to tonic. So we can put an Aeolian label on it. Now we'll play the vocal pitch while the isolated riff is going on. We'll listen to it out of context, and Frank, you'll play the vocal pitch on the piano, or do you want to sing it? Yeah, I'll just sing it. So you're getting this E minor 7 chord in, in, the, in the guitar and the bass, all while the singer is singing... So with that E pitch center and the descending vocal line, G sharp, F sharp, E, D, that would indicate mixolydian. In the riff, we hear clear G naturals while the vocalist sings G sharps. What we're getting here is Aeolian in the guitar and the bass and Mixolydian in the voice simultaneously during the chorus. Can we listen to the excerpt again just to put it back into context? Again, we're listening for Aeolian versus Mixolydian inflections or characteristic tones. Definitely something major against something minor. Cool. Yeah, so like you said, minor mode in one, major mode in the other. Very cool. Very hip. Very 1996. 
Right, so that's Stinkfist. Let's move on to our third track, which is Eulogy. Similar to Stinkfist, this track uses a mix of simultaneous and juxtaposed modes, both within and between sections. Also like Stinkfist, E is again our tonic for this track. This one's probably our most complex example. We really encourage you to listen to all of these songs, but this one, it's longer, first of all, but it also has so many instances of this tonal polymodality we've been discussing. If you're having trouble hearing the polymodal nature of this music, that's okay. For me, it only became, um, I only became consciously aware of it when I actually learned the music, when I learned how to play it, when I started playing the riffs, transcribing some of the melodies. Um, and this example that we're about to go through is, again, probably the most complex so far. So just be patient with yourself. And if you can't hear what's going on right away, you know, learn the riffs, listen to it, transcribe it if you want to be a nerd like me. But again, it's kind of tricky to hear. So be patient with yourself. It's also worth reiterating that we are making some assumptions in labeling these modes. We're not getting the full scales in some of these excerpts, but you know, we're sort of deducing what the characteristic scale degrees or chromatic alterations from our usual major and minor scales are for those modes and using that as a guiding point as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the song Eulogy. As you may recall from our previous case study of Stinkfist, the last section we listened to, which was the pre-chorus, had this instance of a major vocal line going on over a more minor guitar riff. And we get a really similar thing in the bridge section, or one of the bridge sections of Eulogy. It's kind of a multi-part bridge thing at the end of this piece. But we get a similar thing where we get a Phrygian guitar riff and a G-sharp in the vocal melody. So let's listen first to the guitar riff. Here, we're getting a Phrygian guitar riff, just like in the previous example from Stinkfist. It's in Phrygian, which is one of those minor modes. And in the vocal part, we're getting G-sharp a lot, suggesting a major mode with an E tonic. Now let's listen to another part of the bridge, and here you're going to be hearing the bass start, and the bassist will be playing in one mode, and then, spoiler alert, the guitar will come in playing in a different mode. So let's practice trying to hear what these modes are. Is one in a major mode or in a minor mode? If you can start to hear that, then you can narrow it down from there. And if you hear chromaticism, that can also help you. If you're hearing half steps that you know shouldn't be there between the two parts, um, then, then that will give you some clues as well. So let's listen to this excerpt um, from another part of the bridge from Eulogy, and then we'll unpack it together. It may be a bit hard to hear in context, so let's take them out and isolate them as bass and guitar riffs and listen to them separately. Let's start with the bass and see if we can identify the mode. 
All right, maybe you have something in mind, but before we go and do the big reveal, let's go ahead and listen to the guitar part also on its own. See if you can come up with a mode for the bass and a mode for the guitar, and then we'll go through what they are. If you started out by thinking both are sort of minory, then you're on the right track. That's great. They are both minor inflected modes. Frank, what did you get for the bass? For the bass, uh, it's a little tricky because there's some, you know, just like in functionally tonal music, there's some chromaticism that muddies the water a little bit. But I'm hearing a Phrygian bass line here. Um, I'll, I'll play that a little bit on my guitar because um, if you're listening on your phone or something, you're not going to be getting all of those low frequencies. So here's what that bass riff sounds like, but on my guitar, an octave higher. So I'm saying Phrygian because you're getting that E, then it walks up to F, up to G, and at the end it sort of turns around on this D sharp, which is that chromatic note within that E Phrygian mode. So the D sharp leads us back into E. Pretty cool, but that D sharp definitely muddies the waters, but very much a Phrygian riff. Before we move on to the last section for this track, let's listen to the two isolated parts we just listened to together. So the last thing we're going to talk about from Eulogy is its chorus. Let's first listen to the isolated guitar part, and again, let's see if you can identify what mode we're in. I will say that this one is pretty clear, but be patient with yourself. If you're having trouble hearing it, that's okay. The guitar riff we just heard was pretty clearly in Aeolian, E Aeolian. You're getting E power chords, B power chords, A and G power chords. Now let's talk about the vocal melody. What's cool here is that the vocal melody is doing juxtaposed modes within its own line while simultaneously performing modes other than those in the guitar part. So let's go ahead and listen to the excerpt and try to identify what's going on, try to identify that on your own, and then we'll unpack it together. So if you weren't sure what was going on with the vocal melody there, that's okay. It's pretty tricky to hear what's going on there. It sounded like like a major thing, then a minor thing combined or happening at the same time within that vocal melody. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the vocal melody of the chorus, we're hearing the juxtaposition of E Mixolydian and E Aeolian. 
Sometimes you're getting the major third above the tonic, the G sharp, and sometimes you're getting the minor third above tonic, G natural. This song in particular is the most complex one in terms of tonal polymodality. So please do listen to the whole song and see you know, what little gems you can find and see if um, these concepts make more sense after unpacking it a little bit more on your own. So to recap, tonal polymodality refers to music that is tonal, has a clear pitch center, but also uses juxtaposed or simultaneous modes. This also describes a lot of blues music, which has a clear pitch center and uses different modes. In the tool examples we listened to, we encountered tonal polymodality happening simultaneously between guitar riffs and vocal melodies, as well as juxtaposed between sections. This approach can be useful for considering pitch content not only in tool, but in other music as well. Yeah, we've looked at a bunch of examples by tool, but this does happen in other music as well. So far, we found it most often in genres or popular tracks that are riff-based or use some sort of layering technique. Yeah, so like uh, hip-hop or EDM. Right. We're going to end our episode today with something for you to ponder. One track we'd like you to listen to and see if you can identify some instances of tonal polymodality. The track is called Mumbo Jumbo by Tierra Wack. We'll play a little bit of it for you here just to get your interest peaked, uh, but please go and listen to it. It's a really cool song and we believe it uses tonal polymodality. And if you can do some analysis of your own to either confirm or deny that claim, uh, that'd be really fun. Thanks for listening today and have fun listening to Mumbo Jumbo by Tierra Wack. to thank Jennifer Beavers and Megan Lyons for their roles as editors for SMT Pod. We would also like to thank Anna Rose, our production team member, for her help with permissions and navigating us through the creation and production process. Our sincerest thanks to Ciro Scoto for his supportive comments and critical suggestions to our early draft for our script. His input helped us solidify and clarify our episode. Visit our website, smt-pod.org, for supplemental materials, including information about the audio excerpts used in this episode. On our website, you can also learn how to submit your own episode proposal. Join in the conversation by tweeting your comments and questions about Matt and Frank's episode or about publication through SMTPod at smt underscore pod. SMT Pod's theme music was written by Zhang Shen Lu, with closing music by David Voss. Thanks for listening. Hello.